Welcome to EM Healing, which is hosted by myself, Mahatma Star Seed. And when you dive into our episodes, you are going to be inspired to grow, to shift, to reflect on your inner wealth. If you are looking to find a new way of living, you have found it. So enjoy this wonderful episode that we're tuning into right now. Much love and light. This is Mahatma Starseed, and you are tuning in to EM Healings weekly episode. Today, we are diving into the episode of codependency, and I have with me an amazing co-host, Tamala, who is going to share with us who she is and why she is here with us, and I'm going to let her take it away. Please share with us, Tamala. Hello. I am so very, very happy to be here. My name is Tamala Shaw, and I want to talk to you guys about codependency. So about 15-ish years ago, I was in counseling, and my counselor told me that I was codependent. I had never heard of the term before, so I did some research. And what it came about was they told me that, you know, it's, it's when you want to rescue people, you're kind of the fix it person. You want to, um, you know, ensure that people have certain behaviors and they look a certain part. And uh, it was funny because one of the questions that was asked to me was, do I feel ashamed when others make mistakes? And as crazy as that sounds, the the answer was yes. Uh, Do I want to take responsibility for others' actions? Yes. I, I, it was, I was, I was there. (laughs) Um, And would I accept verbal and physical abuse? Uh, Physical, no, but there was a lot of times where if I was in a confrontation, I would feel in my throat where I wouldn't be able to speak. So that was my, okay, I do accept it because I won't, you know, stand up for myself. So you kind of put others above yourself. So I did more research on how did this come about? You know, I know it's a characteristic, but how did it happen? So um, it, it, it going back, it's all the way back to my childhood. My parents are were alcoholics. Thank God now they're recovering alcoholics, but they were alcoholics. And there was a lot of, t- a lot of things that happened where I had to be the adult. Um, my dad worked nights. My mom was, I mean, she was a great mother to her capacity. She would, you know, pick me and my siblings up from school and uh, she'd go home and we do homework and cook. And then we wouldn't see her anymore. She would go into the room. So that's where she did her drinking behind closed doors. So it really wasn't the, what we would say or what society feels is a drunk, you know, where a person is stumbling and you see them there, you know, out of whack where she wasn't like that. She was behind closed doors. And, um, but what I did see was there were times where she would be sleeping, or I would say now in a stupor, and she may fall asleep with a cigarette in her hand. And that would, once she actually dropped it and the couch that she was sitting in started to smoke, 
of course that woke her up she put you know she made it where it didn't become a fire but still that that's kind of um that let me know oh I got to start watching out for certain things then there was once she fell asleep again a stupor (laughs) and she was cooking and the house started to smoke so that led me to after she fell asleep I would start watching the house and that was at single age, you know, under 10. I would make sure that the eyes were off on the stove, the doors were locked, my brother was in bed, you know. I would make sure that things were taken care of because I didn't want things to go go wrong, to, you know, be bad. So I took that into my adulthood and I realized that my friends, and now this was after I was, uh, diagnosed the codependency, I started looking around and I realized, wow, all of my friends, I felt like needed me. My husband, he needed, you know, he needed me. There was things that I needed to fix. So there was no reciprocity in the relationship. Mm. There was no, I didn't find people that could stand on their own. I found people that needed me. And I thought that that was love. And there's a very, very fine line, you know, it was love, but where was the love for me? That was what, that's what was lacking. I would put, you know, certain situations before myself. And so that's where it became codependent. That's where it became unhealthy because there was things that I wouldn't want to do, but I would do it because that person needed me all, but they need me. So, you know, I would put myself on the back burner. And once I realized that, okay, this is not healthy for me. If I can't give people my best yes, then it's not fair to them nor me, for sure. And um, that's when I realized that I needed to spread the word because I started talking to my friends going, have you heard of codependency? And all of them were like, no. And I was (laughs) like, I'm codependent. And so they, you know, a lot of people say codependent, you're very independent, you know, you do things on your own. And I'm like, but that's not codependency. So it let me know that a lot of people didn't know what, you know, what the characteristics were of a person that was codependent. So that's when I realized I need to, you know, figure out how this works in society. And I realized that there was this beautiful program called CODA which was equivalent to AA, like um, Alcoholics Anonymous. CODA is Codependence Anonymous. So of course, I, you know, because my mother and father, they're both recovering. So as a teenager, I did Al-Anon. I learned about um, Altine. I used to go to AA meetings with my mom. So I was, you know, very, very um, knowing of the different anonymouses. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I had no clue about CODA. So I started, I found a couple meetings here in Nashville and they were wonderful. You know, it's, it's always beautiful to find your tribe, right? So mm-hmm. I went and started to, you know, talk to some of the people, but I realized that they were all older. Um, at the time I was in my thirties, early thirties. So they were older and I couldn't, I felt like we didn't speak the same language. So I contacted and did some uh, training and I started holding my own meetings through, uh, through CODA. For, oh, that's amazing. 
Yes. And yes, thank you. And so I realized, so then all of a sudden college students started coming. People that were um, in my community, they started coming and I had to come up with a name for this particular meeting. So I came up with the name Codependent Me mm. because healing code, codependency begins with me. Right. So I was like, okay, this is, this is how we'll move forward. And the meetings, you know, they grew into these beautiful families. And then I said, okay, how can I spread this a little bit more? So I have a Facebook group called Codependent Me. And we have about a little over 500 people right now. And we come together and motivate one another. If someone's going through some things, they can put it in a post. And, you know, it's positive vibes only. You know, I want people to be able to spread and open their heart in a safe space. No judgment. You can be vulnerable and, you know, have and know that you're going to be uplifted and not pointing fingers. I always say we we don't point fingers, we give hugs. So that's been very, very wonderful. And my mom, as I said, we were, uh, she is recovering. And one day I was sitting and, <laughs> and God gave me this beautiful book that needed to be written because a lot of people don't realize how codependency starts. Mm-hmm. So we, we co-wrote a book called God Turned Mommy's Wine into Water. And it's the journey, it's the journey of alcoholism and codependency. So it tells my mom's story as well as mine. So you know That's it's amazing. Talks, like yes, thank you. You know, to, it get, tells, to get your mom and you to do something like that's a generational um achievement so you know I just wanted to you know pause you and just give you you know your (laughs) flowers because bringing our family with us on the journey is like that's priceless and when I get to hear other people bringing people with them uh definitely got to give them their flowers so thank you Tamara Oh, I thank you so much for that. And it's been a beautiful journey because one thing about healing, everybody doesn't, you know, they don't meet at the same place. Mm -hmm. So for her to not only, you know, I know it was hard for her to hear, you know, again, there's a certain negligence that was placed in that happened. I'll say that happened in my childhood that she had to look at straight on and say, I accept it. That is not who I am today. I apologize for it. And we move on. Right. Right. Yeah. So that was so beautiful. And I know even, even, even today, you know, when you're not that person that you were when these things were happening, it's hard to hear what that person that you were did and how they may have affected other people. So even today, because she's just this beautiful individual, it's hard for her to hear certain things because that's not who she is today. And if she could go back, she would change things. But one thing that I always tell her, I say, mom, if I had not gone through the things that I had gone through, I wouldn't be who I am today. So release yourself from that, you know, because 
you are who you are because of your parents, because of your upbringing. I had to, you know, she had to, to really sit back and understand she was also codependent. And, you know, so she had to deal with the alcoholism and the codependency because her father was an alcoholic. Hmm. And, uh, you know, so again, there's that generation, but she was the, the one that stood up and said, no mas, I will stop it here and got help. Yes. So I thank her for that because, you know, who knows if I had not been able to have that AA and Al-Anon and Altein, I probably wouldn't have looked for CODA, you know? So we've got this beautiful book that it tells about her raising, you know, and being raised as a child of an alcoholic, then me being raised as a child of an alcoholic, and then me raising children under my codependency. And it's just, it's a beautiful book, quick read. Um, but then I also started a podcast because, you know, you, 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 this is not the only place, the only city that has codependency. Right. So I wanted to see if it could spread a little bit farther. So we started the Codependent Me podcast. And we talk about all the things and all the characteristics of codependency. We talk about healing codependency. We talk about boundaries, you know, what boundaries look like, what you'll go through when you decide to stand on your boundaries, because everything isn't pretty once you realize what you're healing from, because come on, okay? So a lot of people, you know, when you're codependent, and you allow people to get away with certain things. And I, I don't mean get away with in, you know, in a mean way. It's how you've taught them to treat you. Right. So when you realize you want to be treated differently, they're like, what's your problem? <laughs> Why all of a sudden do you want to do this? Why all of a sudden are you saying no? Why all of a sudden do you have boundaries? So I always say you have to understand that once you once you fed a bear, and this bear is fat and happy. When you start to starve that bar, that bear, it's gonna growl. It's going to growl. It's going, but you have to be prepared and say, okay, I understand, but I have to stand on it because that's what's best for me. If I don't give my best yes, the answer is no. So that's um if that's I don't give my best yes, the answer is no. Is that what you just said? Absolutely. I love that. I yeah. love that. I had to highlight that because I was like, <laughs> I hear I hear a golden nugget just rolling out your mouth so slowly. <laughs> yes, I that is that's one thing that I talk about a lot. You know, um, there's a book out called uh The Best Yes. Yeah. And after I read it, I was like, that is so perfect because. You, you, everyone, everyone, whether you're codependent or not, you have to think about you anytime you give a yes or a no. And you always have to ensure that you are giving your best yes, because that is good for you and the person that you're giving it to. Oh, I love that. Ensure your yes. Yes, absolutely. Ensure yes. Ensure your yes. Oh, I love that. You know, I've been saying to people, because um, I was in a conversation 
with one of our, you know, co-hosts and uh, it might've been Sharna because I was writing in two different places, but it, it was, what basically came to me is that we have to start comprehending what our, how big our yeses truly are. Yes, absolutely. There's a responsibility behind it, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, if your yes isn't firm, you need to make that a no. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, we, we throw so many things up under the rug, you know, when it comes to conversations or our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have a, a wonderful relationship with my ex-husband, but I used to tell him, I said, you know, we, we used to sweep so many things up under the rug. Like by the time we got divorced, our rug was like seven stories high. I mean, right. <laughs> but, you know, but now we were, you know, we're able to, you know, because we have children and we're able to co-parent and do things and have the, have the communications and the respect between each other because when I say no you know it's a firm no and it needs to be respected right yeah just as yes is is respected when that yes is good for you you got to know that that no is good for me right so it's a beautiful thing and you know communication is so big one thing about um codependency sometimes you lose your voice or you will, um, you'll, you'll speak that voice, but it may not be authentic. You're wanting to fix, you know, and, and you can, you can lose people when you can, uh, you can stifle people's growth. If you don't allow them to go through the things that they need to go through to grow, if you're yeah. always trying to do and be, you know, be the one, oh, I'm going to do this for you. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll do that. But maybe that's a lesson that they need to learn. And yeah. when it came to children, that was big. Like I was so codependent when it came to my kids. I was like, oh, you know, don't worry about this. Mommy will take care of it. Don't worry about that. Mommy will take care of it. And especially, you know, when raising men, they got to get out. You know, you have to get out there and learn certain lessons on your, your own. It is my job to nurture and teach, but it is not to just do everything for you. Yeah, I, I agree with, with that, uh, being able to take it a step further and understanding how easy codependency comes, because once we start understanding that our codependency is, is almost really like, it's a version of, of overusing our co-creation tool because we know we're in in inside innately it may be unconscious or conscious but it's definitely something that's happening from within we know that we're the master manifestors of our reality and because we know how well we do it that's where independence come in because we know how to co-create our world we we find ourselves very easily stepping in to fill that role for others because we see where they're not co-creating in their world and we fill that lane for them. And uh, I had recently had a couple go through my cleanse and they both went through di- two different cleanses. And one of the things that they shared with me was that if, if they didn't go through that cleanse, then they 
would not have lasted because they were sweeping a lot of things under the rug and they were being codependent to each other's wounds. And then that's, and that's a big thing because society is full of wound bonding. Like everybody wants to bond from the wound. And then when people start healing and coming from a more healed place, that's that indifference that comes in because people are like, well, I've always connected with you with this low vibe. Where are you coming with this, you know, higher vibe? I don't even know what that is. And <laughs> the, the, the most rewarding thing to be able to do is that we, because we know that we have a leading effect in a lot of people's life, we just have to utilize that space to be more uh, freeing to mm-hmm. to sharing with them like like I see you stumbling with this like how can I empower you to do this because me doing it for you will just create more of a sense of codependency in my world and 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 less of a responsibility in your world I somebody was saying I, you know I listen to so many empowering things sometimes mm-hmm. um, they said don't let don't let your mother pass away happy with the way they treated you in life and you're still hurt about it Uh, (laughs) that's real talk though right Mm -hmm. that is really sitting in the realness of the relationship I mean truly standing and saying this is how I felt you know it's so beautiful to be heard right I mean and I have so many people that have gone to their mother, father, and they'll tell them it didn't, that didn't happen. It didn't happen like that, you know, and just totally, you know, just totally just overlook the feeling. And sometimes people just want to, you know, I just want you to know that this is how I felt, you know, in my upbringing, you don't, if you don't want to acknowledge certain situations or you may not even remember it the same, because I promise you, you can have three people in a room, Mm -hmm. something will happen and you'll get three different stories. Right. Mm -hmm. But just the acknowledgement of how you felt um, is so it's so it'll release. And and there's this bondage when you're told that it didn't happen. Why do you know you shouldn't feel that way? That's bonding um feelings and that's just not okay you know if if nothing else just hear someone out and say if this is how you felt I apologize or you can even say I don't particularly remember it that way but I respect how you feel you know so it's just a it's it's a situation where people have to be heard moms have to be moms have to be heard you know so yeah yeah, I I love I love that you know get together and and hear hear one another hear what's being being said yeah and not from a judgmental place you know because we're we're looking to not be codependent anymore and 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 putting that energy on an on another object just brings more codependency to what we're we're experiencing and doing in life. Yeah, for so, sure. For sure. 
what what has changed for you now now i i have to sit back and i do checks i do checks as in um i check my body you know when situations happen i tune in with my body to make sure um see how how different things feel does this feel good when i make this decision so you know a lot of times you know uh, people underestimate ptsd right mm -hmm. um you have to check in with your feelings and acknowledge your feelings i find i have to affirm myself a lot because even though i work on it's just like okay so just like with an alcoholic you are one drink away from taking the recovering away I am one decision away from taking recovering away. Yeah, uh, we all we all fall short. You know, don't get me wrong, but I have to sit back and really pay attention to uh, making the right making the right decisions and making sure I'm not enabling and stopping people's growth. There's, uh, you know, I, I affirm myself definitely. I do affirmations every day. I do meditations now. You know, you got to find that self-love, find that um, the happiness that you need in order to move forward and make sure that you're around people who are standing on their own and not yeah. finding or searching for the brokenness. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I've said in my past is, you know, the, the word fun is in dysfunction for a reason. <laughs> Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes I think back and I, you know, when <laughs> I, you know, I tell my mom this, I sit back and I may hear a song from, uh, from my past. And it was, it was related to barbecues where everybody was sitting back and drinking and getting drunk and all of this, but you know, it was fun. It was a fun time. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Even in the dysfunction, there was there was a little bit of fun that you because that's what you knew, you know, that's right. where you were comfortable. Right. So it's about finding um, being uncomfortable in the wholeness in this healing that you're feeling um, and then waiting until that's your new comfort. That's what I'll say. Um that's that's kind of hard because it feels uncomfortable in the beginning. It it doesn't feel good to tell that person no because you you you've said yes for thirty plus years, right? Yeah, and you so know that give, you know I can give a good example too. Mm -hmm, go um, right ahead. At least like looking at because a lot of people uh, they overlook this in the workplace, and it's like how they say what's that word? It's like it's like spread out in the workplace so much and a lot of and there's a lot of um dysfunctional things happening because of that codependency i remember when i used to work in the corporate style setting and i had made a mistake once and my then manager had felt really emotional about it and i was like you know my bad you know you're you're showing me i'll fix it and she's like yeah but i I've fixed this for you many times before. And I'm like, well, this is my first time me experiencing you telling me about this mistake. And I, I wasn't very nice about it, but I was like, you know, but if you want me to do something right, then you should tell me from the beginning, not two or three times after you fixed it. And then you want to give me an attitude because you've never told me you fixed it. 
And I really mm -hmm. feel like that was a codependency moment uh, yep. that, that they've had to cover uh, and pick up other people's slack. So they now yes. start doing it. And then they want to get defensive with you when they've had enough of doing it for you without even letting you know they're doing it for you. Right. Absolutely. That's where that communication comes in. A lot of codependence, you lose your voice, right? Mm -hmm. You don't like, you avoid confrontation at all costs. So instead of, um, and, and when I say conf confrontations, I don't mean arguments. Right. I mean, oh my gosh, I have to tell her she did something wrong. And then right. you get this, you get this energy on the inside that's, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel good. So you're like, oh, rather than having to confront and say, oh, you did something wrong. I'll just fix it myself. Right. But then you get tired of that fix and you're right. Then you want to say, oh, you did this wrong and, and you need to da, 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 da. But you've never told me. You know, you can't, you can't sweep it under the rug. And then when you, when it's too high for you to walk over, mm -hmm. then you want to tell me about it. We should have had the conversation when there was no dirt, right? Yes. Yes. And you know, I That's ended up beautiful. not going back to that job. Yeah. All because she didn't want to speak. Yeah. She didn't want yeah. to tell you. She didn't want to train. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was truly her job. Right. Mm -hmm. And see, I was. On the other side, I was a trainer at work. And so I learned to train people. But then that position, I moved to um, being on the phones. So <laughs> anytime somebody needed something, they would come to me. And regardless to what I was doing, I go, okay, I'll help. Okay, I'll help you. Okay. Well, then my manager says, sweetheart, um, I appreciate you helping all of these people. That's wonderful. But you are you're stunting your stats right. because you're constantly helping other people. So when someone asks you, you need to say, oh no, you need, you need to go ahead and go to your manager. I have to stay on the phones. But for me to say no, for me to say, oh no, I can't help you. Like it was devastating. I'm like, well, I don't understand. <laughs> can't you just tweak my stats? I'm helping you out. But it was not my job. Right. And that's what we have to understand. That's not my job. Right. It's not what I'm brought here for. It's not what I'm supposed to do. Right. I'm supposed to guide you to your help, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's that's, yeah. that's good. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's pivotal because learning to utilize things to not be dependent on the outcome. Like a lot of people love to use that. Oh, that's not my job. For a way for them to not even be a part of the situation. But I feel like that's a codependent reaction but like coming from this healed place of saying all right I know that if I give too much then I'm stepping out of my state of being and that's not my job to step right out of my, yeah. my base of being so being able to create a base of being or oh, I like that. I'm gonna write that down oh I like that too where's my pen <laughs> <laughs> because you know we all have a state of being that we're in, but we do live in multiple states of beings of our choice. So those are our home bases. So being able to, to have a clear marker of what our home bases are that will keep us in our state of being, but within the variation of it. And, you know, we're green there. Anything outside of there, we're now pushing it. We're putting in ourselves into the yellow that could go into the red. And, and that's when we, we want to be able to pull back 
because rem remembering that we are co-creators and the more that we allow ourselves to pull ourselves off our base, the more we're going to tell our creation that I need more situations that pull me off my base. And if they're not um, healthy, then it's definitely going to, you know, put us back on that, that path that is no longer um, valuable for us. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing that manifest because I never really looked at myself as a codependent person, but Tamala, I got to tell you that you really put the nail on the head of because I was doing things like that. I was doing uh, just enough to get by so that other people wouldn't feel hurt. And that's really a sense of codependency because wanting to feel a part of a group a part of the tribe that says that they've known you and loved you all your life and having to switch the way that you engage with people that was a majority of your life and, and really putting them to where they put themselves, that has been uh, such an invigorating shift for me and a lot of people that have done that as well. And knowing that there's a, codependency anonymous out there you know like <laughs> I'm like where was this we need to get those over here <laughs> I know right I mean it's so it's so wonderful they've uh we've got 12 this 12 step program you know mm -hmm. uh it's 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 so beautiful there's an international conference every year I was uh blessed enough to speak at the conference uh, about three years ago and then two years ago and I volunteered this year it was actually earlier this month and it's an international conference so it's people all over CODA is international is what's so beautiful I feel like I've heard of CODA before like I feel like I've heard that yep CODA it's yep codependence anonymous it's like capital C small o capital D capital A CODA I also feel like I've had this conversation with you. So this is definitely, uh, uh, what's that word called? Deja vu. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like now I see why there was like that resistance. Like, like do you really want right. this reality? Because <laughs> <laughs> they say like, I've learned that codependency is when you're jumping into a new timeline. That's a codependency. I meant to say deja vu. Um, <laughs> Deja vu is like when you're stepping into a new timeline and, and you're creating a new path, a new journey. So I'm very um, happy that uh, we, we were able to connect and we were able to solidify this. I didn't get to tell you this, but spirit was like, you need to take this live. You need to take this live. So I have this in the background going live. Um, <laughs> and one of my tribe mates is, says, I think that that was part of my people pleasing while I just realized that so grateful I had elevation so we oh. already opened up some minds to this conversation I I knew that, I knew that this was going to be powerful with all the resistance that we met <laughs> but we are persistent dang it yes, I was so persistent right. I put your name in like um I forgot what that thing is called like how the how you enunciate it but I put it and I put oh. that I was like, because I see your name and I think of a, of a tamale. It could be. Right. Of yeah. That's a, yes. People will do that. Hot tamale. I'm like, no, it's Tam. Uh, la. 
So that's how I broke it down. So it makes me think of like, ooh, la, la, kind of. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I also get around Christmas. People call me Tema, la, 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 la. <laughs> Yeah. You have a name that has a tune. So I'm happy. Yes. That <laughs> I'm happy that your tune has shifted to where it's really gratifying for you. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and um, I would love to just round us out with some, just what are some empowering tips for, for the, for the listeners that have just maybe realized they are a bit codependent. And this is really important because I have a lot of spiritual people that listen to this podcast. And what that means is they're learning to be more masterful and using their manifestation. But what happens is you get a lot of babes who are like, oh, I can magic that person in this situation, in that situation. And then it's like, wait a minute, we have to have some sense of composure. Right. So what is your advice to those that are just realizing I am creating codependency in my life? Well, the first thing I want people to understand is I want you to know that codependency when people think about it, they, they're like, oh, she's codependent. Oh, you know, I don't want you to feel that way. It is, it is merely just, it's, it's taught. It's a characteristic. It's something that you can change. It's something that you can um, sit back and love yourself within it. It's just really adjusting how you do things. It's knowing when to say yes, knowing when to say that's not the time, and when to say downright no, that's not good for me. You have to be, you know, being loyal to people is wonderful, but being being loyal to yourself is what's essential. So as long as you're being real with yourself and being loyal to you, everything else will fall into place. So there is absolutely nothing wrong with having boundaries, there's nothing wrong with de- with detaching from people, whether it be forever or just for a, a, a little bit of time, but always be true to you when it comes to making decisions. Always understand that you have to, you don't have to do things for people. You can be the guider, of course, but you don't have to do things for people. It's okay to speak. It's okay to have conversations, um, you know, and, and listen to your body. Your body always is going to give you the answer. For me, when it was something that I didn't want to do, I would choke up. I could feel a knot in my throat. Now I know what that is. That's my codependency rising. And it, it lets me know, this is not good for you, sweetheart. Make that right decision, you know? So yeah, that's, that's what I would give. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I'm just going to, you know, piggyback off of, you know, heal first, heal yourself first. And the more you're committed to healing yourself first, the more that you can be committed to having a healed conversation with others. And we can be able to reset, restart afresh. We do know, we no longer have to be uh, we no longer have to be co-creators of the past and keeping the standards of 
filling in the gaps for others to where they're not able to take a stand in their own storyline and allow yourself to create a let go. I always say like what came to me while you were talking was like, I feel like that's why the brain dump of letting go is so important because a lot of us don't realize how many things we're holding on to and that can create codependency. So we have to be willing to at least if, if you're having trouble, if you're getting backed up with making choices, uh, if you naturally have an issue saying yes and no to things, do that brain dump. Give your, put a timer for three to five minutes and write down as many things that you are ready to let go of mm. and see how that helps you to manifest more more functional in situations and uh, rely on your healing. So that's mm -hmm. my message. I love and it. Thank you, thank you. So uh, Tamala, please share with the audience, how can they find you to learn more about you and the services you offer? They can find me at www.codependentme.org or if they wanna have a conversation or have questions, they can email me at codependentme at outlook.com. Uh, if they wanna you know, find out more about the episodes that I've had, they can find me on uh, different podcast uh, platforms. And it's also Codependent Me Podcast. And I wanna say again, that the reason that I use the word codependent me or the name codependent me is because healing my codependency starts with me. And Yay. Thank you so much. And for all of you listeners out there, remember, as always, if you're looking to tune in to more high vibrational frequencies, check out my YouTube where I give self-realization tips to living your holistic natural life. My YouTube channel is called Elite Motivation 411. If you are experiencing challenges with writing to yourself or even just journal writing, period, and you want to learn to connect with your spirit more, check out my ebook. It's called, it's called The Spirit Message, Connecting the Mind, Body, and Spirit. And you can find that in my link tree in the description below. Until next time, this is Mahatma Sarsi with our co-host, Tamalia. And we are saying much love and light.